This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Crossover with Mike's and Takes. The Shot Callers once again is back. Brandon Worth here with a familiar guest that is not on screen. And no, it's not Joe Nagy. We got Travis Hicks here on the phone to talk with you guys. Travis, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's been a while. Yes, it has. Um, I love everything you and Joe have been doing. I'm happy to be a part of the Shot Callers, the crossover we have with Mike's and Takes in VSP. It's been amazing the growth we've had. Um, all of us have been working over to you you know, together, and it's great that things are starting to get back in person, so I can't wait to be back in the studio with you guys in about a few weeks here. For sure. It is starting to get towards school. I mean, it's been crazy. This summer has pretty much flew by. I know, Travis, you were with uh, Royal Oak Leprechauns for their season. That went by super fast, and I know I've been at camps and work and stuff, and it's just been crazy, but Really ready to get back in the studio this fall. And where can you do it? With Bulldog Radio, absolutely. So make sure you go check them out on social media, at Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And if you are a Fair State student, we can't stress this enough. Come find us at Bulldog Beginnings and Bulldog Bonanza. We will be there, and you can find out everything about our club and how you can start your own podcast today. Me and Travis did that, and look where we are now. Live on the air on YouTube, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. But we into our first topic we go. We have football on tap, of course. We're only a month away from week one of the NFL season. And, of course, that means one week away from the new regime in Detroit. Travis, our Lions, we're starting a new, we're starting a new leaf. It is beginning of the Dan Campbell era. What are your thoughts so far on what you've heard from training camp for this upcoming year? Yes, I think um, what I've heard has been amazing so far. I love his energy. I love everything about what Dan, Dan Campbell represents. I think he really wants to bring a new, you know, flavor, basically a new energy to Detroit, and I love it. I think everything he stands for is way more than what Matt Patricia did, you know, and I love what Jared Goff is bringing. I think Jared Goff is going to be good. I know a lot of people are were so upset because Stafford left. I know I've been hard on Stafford, you know, in past episodes, I really believe in Jared Goff. This is a guy who went to a Super Bowl in 2019. He only lost because he went up against the GOAT. But Jared Goff is only 26. I think he has a lot of room for potential. And this is a perfect opportunity to get him over the hump. And I really think the Lions have potential to get a wild card spot and shock some people. So I love the Sewell pick. I know I was hard on it at first, but I really think he's going to do what he needs to do to protect Jared Goff. And um, I really think, you know, looking at the training camp in the Lions, play the first preseason game tomorrow against the Bills, is going to be very exciting. Detroit fans should be happy. Yeah, Buffalo is tomorrow our first season, our first true taste of what this team looks like on the field for this upcoming season. But um, I was fortunate enough to go to Allen Park actually this last Tuesday and watch this new Lions team. And I can tell you, like, practices seem pretty pretty intense and i'm not saying like they're full-on like it's like a game type atmosphere like everybody is buying in and is working their butts off in practice and i think that's something that we haven't seen like previous teams do um and especially like going into the preseason like 
this team, it just has a different fire under them. Like just watching them at practice, like these guys are looking to get in prime shape right now before the season even starts. Like they are looking to launch once that week one kickoff is underway. And it's been super exciting. And I can almost agree with you that like originally, I mean, when we had that seventh pick, was I thinking Penny Suel was there was going to be there? Absolutely not. So I really wasn't expecting the fact he was going to be there. And I think the fact we were all kind of banking on him going either five or six, kind of once he got there and slipped to us, like it was like, oh, well, I guess we're just taking the best player available and we're not going to get uh, um, some flashy receiver, which I think disappointed a lot of fans early on. But I think a lot of people are starting to realize how important of a pick that was because he's really been a big part of, he's going to be a big part of this offensive line that's trending upward now ranked top 10 in the NFL for I think good reason as long as we can stay healthy I think we're going to be in good shape and I mean we've got a lot of great players around this team that can really turn some heads here this upcoming year oh yeah definitely Brandon you make all great points that's really cool I did see your um Snapchat story of you at Allen Park I thought that was amazing. Also, I want to give a shout out to um, my good friend Chelsea Estes from the Royal of Leprechauns, another in-game host for us. She's also doing hosting for the Lions preseason at Allen Park, and that was very cool. I saw her coverage of the team, you know, DeAndre Swift and different guys like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. But I do think the Lions have potential. You know, the years where you don't have expectations are the years where you can really shock people because you don't have anything to lose. A lot of people are already expecting you to not do anything. So when you do something, you kind of turn some heads. And I really think golf is going to do it. I think uh, we got the guys around him. I think Swift is going to be even better. You know, Sewell. And we still got, you know, guys right there, you know, the wide receiver court. I still love TJ Hawkinson. I think he's been one of the best tight ends that we've had, honestly, in a while. So, the Lions, um, really with just the Packers being obviously by far the best team with Aaron Rodgers back, I still think this division is up for grabs. Justin Fields, he's a great quarterback, was amazing at Ohio State. We still got to see what he's going to do in the NFL. And obviously, the Vikings and Kirk Cousins are pretty unpredictable. They're a team that can be 8-8 eight and eight or 12-4, and four, so you really never know what you're going to get from them. So I really think the Lions can... I'm going to put it this way. The second spot is a possibility. The first spot, I definitely think the Packers are the best team. That's why it gives us a chance at the wild card, especially, as you know, Brandon, they added extra games. So it's a 17-game season, 18 weeks of the NFL. So um, I'm very excited for this Lions season. These uh, three preseason games are going to kind of give us a tell of what's going to happen. Obviously, the, the preseason games are kind of a tell of you know, guys who are trying to play and different things like that, you know, drafted or undrafted guys trying to get a chance in the NFL. But I'm very excited. And Brandon, we got football back. This is amazing. Football is back, baby. And I can't tell you how excited I was just being able to literally sit on a, like, literally being able to sit on steel bleachers, being 40 yards away from a practice field, just watching guys, how much excitement that brought. And I mean, I eventually towards the end of practice, uh, people started gathering more towards on near the field on the railings. And it was super fun to see them go at it live for the last couple minutes. But like, it's just football is back. And I, I can completely agree with like there's this team has like, they have nothing to lose. And I think that's the biggest part of this is they really, we don't have expectations. We're not the Packers. We're not expected to run the table. I'd say those words with, oh, with agony, but that like, we're not expected to win the division. We're not even expected to win more than five games to some people. And that is super, super low bar set. And there's no reason we can't go over it. And especially with a lot of these young guys on the team and on, there's been some guys that have really like, 
stuck out to me. Like I was not prepared to, to see at camp being like flourishing as well as they were. And I mean, we got obviously the, the a bunch of key additions in the offseason, Jamal Williams being one of them. I think him with Swift is going to bring another element to this running game, especially with Deuce Staley at the helm coaching those guys. He's phenomenal at what he does. And I mean, Hawkinson, of course, is in year two, and that's that's pretty much the ceiling through the roof for him. And I mean, this receiving core, I think, is one place that I think we were all expecting to be a little damp, you could say, not necessarily like a super hot, fiery on paper looking like we could make a huge playoff run based on this passing attack like some other teams can now, like Tennessee, for example, Tampa Bay, those teams, of course. But we got some pretty talented guys that can catch the football for us. I mean, Tyro Williams is a lot bigger in person than I remember correctly, but he's a huge target for Jared Goff, and I know they got some L.A. chemistry already set together. Amon Ross St. Brown is looking like a first, second-round draft pick in camp. He's been fantastic. And he's been chippy, too. He's been getting after guys. I mean, he got at it with Melifonwu, I believe, one week ago. That started the whole um, questioning of how intense camp should be under Dan Campbell. And then I th- apparently on Tuesday got in a little bit with Jeff Okuda when they were doing um, one-on-ones. And it was pretty interesting, but he's been a dog on this team. And one name I think is going to be one that I'm going to be looking for a lot this upcoming year is Khalif Raymond. He was one guy I was not looking at. As far as this depth chart, I was looking at Tyro Williams. I was looking at Cephas kind of sprinkling in there with Brashad Perriman. And then obviously St. Brown is going to be a stud. But Khalif Raymond, we got pretty much off the waiver wire from Tennessee last year. Um, I mean, I should say um, after this last year. He, he's, he looks really quick. He's got quick feet. He is very shifty. And the fact that he's going to be probably returning for us is a super plus. Because, I mean, losing Jamal Agnew is a huge loss. But... Getting a guy like him, he's super speedy, super elusive, and just watching him in camp, I was just like, "Wow, I can't, I can't believe I over missed this guy." Like he's he's a good he's a good football player, and he was taking some of those team one reps. So don't be surprised if he's sprinkled in there as far as some of these preseason games with Goff and Swift and those guys in first team because that could be really interesting. And of course, this young defense—if they can get it together with some of these veterans like Michael Brockers and Trey Flowers and Jamie Collins. This team could this team could well over exceed expectations this year. Oh yeah, definitely. And I'm very excited for the season. Just not to only see the lines, as you know, Brandon. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Uh, of course. I'm sorry. You know, I just had to sneak in there. You had to do it. You had to do it. Hey, Michigan fans, I, I can yeah. I can dig it a little bit. You know. You know? And the Buccaneers are the first team in NFL history to return all 22 offensive starters to the reigning Super Bowl champion team. So I think the likelihood of them repeating are very likely. Obviously, my initial pick is obviously I want the Detroit Lions to go as far as possible. But I'm very interested to see uh, what the Buccaneers do, uh, the Packers. And honestly, don't forget our homeboy, uh, Matt Stafford. Um, Stafford, this is the most weapons he's had in a while. So I think uh, the Rams can be another team. But to go back with the Lions... I think, yeah, I think this is a window of opportunity and to prove some people wrong. And the thing with the Lions can do is the more we win and, you know, prove the narrative wrong for these other people, we can get guys to want to come here and different things like that, et cetera. Because, like, the more we win, we can change the culture of, like, the Detroit Lions. Obviously, Lions have only won an NFL championship, and that was 1957. That was way before our time. So Before the Super Bowl era. Yeah, before the Super Bowl era. Thank you, Brandon. Mm -hmm. Like, I really think... 
you know, this is an opportunity. Yeah, just you know, I'm shocked some people, and I think it's going to be a new energy with the fans back. Last year, obviously, there was no fans at the games due to COVID, but with the pandemic slowing down and starting to get back to normal, like we just saw in the NBA Finals, the Bucks had 15,000 fans throughout the throughout that six game series when they won over the Suns. So I really think you know, with things getting back to normal, the fans do have an impact on games, whether people want to believe that or not. You know, the booing stuff like that. So I, I love uh, when they cheer us on. I think it's going to be great that they're having fans back, and I think that's really going to help the Lions. And I'm very excited for the season. I think Jared Goff is, has a point to prove. I think he is so underrated and not appreciated. You know, the Rams in the 2018-19 season when they made the Super Bowl but lost to the Patriots, they had one of the top 15 offenses in the history of the NFL record-wise from points, you know, yards per game. So that is – and Jared Goff was one of the main reasons for that. He was a quarterback. So – I think he has a chance to prove a lot of people wrong this year. Yeah, Jared Goff has a chip on his shoulder, and he's let people know that. And I think that's going to fuel the fire as well. Being shut out compared to Matthew Stafford's subpar replacement, going to light a fire. And especially with the guys around him. I mean, Brad Holmes has shown already making the trade early on for um, reportedly less um, less value compared to some other offers that they had in the offseason for Matthew Stafford, one of them being from Carolina, I believe, if I remember correctly. That would have landed us um, another top 10 pick. But the idea around them making the trade early on with the Rams, I think really comes down to the confidence level that Holmes has with Goff and how much Dan Campbell and that offensive, that offensive coach room believes in Jared Goff and I think that's going to be something interesting um, to look forward to this season as for sure but another quarterback here in the NFL Travis that I know we're going to be looking at a little bit that is of course if he decides to step on the field in the regular season is Deshaun Watson and let's just say right now after a, a video I believe it was for practice this morning really sums it up he was walking out to practice on the practice field walking across and the media were lined up taking the their pictures and their video as they do with all the other players but for Deshaun Watson I think it hits a little differently being the star quarterback under a little bit of fire with the organization and he let the media know it saying that same stuff every day with obviously a little more colorful language than I like to put on air but um yeah Deshaun Watson's still not happy and I don't know how long his future is going to be in Houston Travis what are your thoughts I really think um, Deshaun is really like kind of in a rock and a hard place. I think it's just very hard to know. I think when he obviously made the initial request for a trade, Brandon, we know all the sexual allegations came out. I believe 22 to 25 women or something of like that, et cetera, said you know, he assaulted them. Then a lot of teams shifted away from Deshaun Watson, and they weren't interested. So I'm not sure if all those stories are true about him being a predator, but it's ironic that he asked for a trade and that happens. Then, you know, then it's like now the talk is, is he even going to play this year? Deshaun, obviously, talent-wise, is one of the top ten quarterbacks in this league. He's gotten the Texans to the playoffs and has one playoff game. So Deshaun's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in this league, especially best running quarterbacks in this league, probably top five in that category. But um, I really don't expect too much from him. I think the fact that he's flowing under the radar and the Texans don't really have a lot. Obviously, we look at, you know, Fuller. And, um, you know, a few other guys, but they lost DeAndre Hopkins. That was, that's arguably 
probably the best wide receiver in the entire National Football League. So I just don't see the Texans doing a lot. They're more of, to me, their maximum potential is 10-6 and six or at best 11-5. and five. So I really think they're more of a wild-card team and maybe winning the division. But I do think Deshaun's going to put up numbers like he's great for fantasy. You know, I've been a fantasy owner uh, of him for some time, so it's been great to um, see him do that. But um, I, I really don't expect too much from him. But also on the flip side of things, Deshaun could have a breakout. This is also a window of opportunity for him to prove the doubters wrong, show him he can go out there and play. And also that could bring his trade stock back up. So if Deshaun has a phenomenal season and still wants out, there's obviously going to be teams that want him. I think a lot of teams shifted away from Deshaun because of the allegations. But since a lot of things slowed down and he hasn't been convicted of anything, teams could express more interest down the line depending on how he plays. And hopefully he stays out of trouble. But um, Deshaun, I think, is a very talented QB. I think he's definitely a top 10, you know, at worst, top 15 QB in this league. But as a team, the Texans aren't very talented. You know, they have one of the worst defenses in the league. Obviously, wide receiver core, they have about one guy in Fuller. To me, that really stands out outside of everybody. So I expect them to maybe make the wild card. I think 10-6, maybe 11-5. Okay, Travis, not going to lie. I think we see differently on this Texans team. I don't see them winning more than seven games, if that. Okay. I think that's my highest ceiling I could possibly put them at right now. And I think it's just all, all, all the way around, there's lack of talent on this roster. And I think the biggest thing with Deshaun is, I think if we have um, we have that team in the past, and these, like if, for example, these, these allegations come up, once again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the same with you. I'm not going to say whether I believe they're true or false or whatever, because obviously... We haven't heard the, the true facts on the, situ, the situation. Excuse me, can't even talk so fast. But the reality of it is, if we, I think if we look at a, the teams of the past that Deshaun was a part of, um, you could look, we'll throw it back three years ago. We still have, they still have J.J. Watt. They still have DeAndre Hopkins. They have Will Fuller. They have this dynamic offense that led them to a wild card berth. I don't know if he would necessarily be as considerate for a trade request at that time. And I think the biggest part is with all this coming out with this team that he has right here, that it's the full green light. And I think with everything that's gone out, the change in ownership, I think that does have a part to do with it. And I think they believe that they want to start from scratch their own way. And that might be without Deshaun or with a different team than Deshaun wants. And I mean, the reality is it's it's really unfortunate to me to see this because Deshaun Watson is one of the best players that we've seen in college history and is one of the better young quarterbacks that we've seen as far as in pro history. I, I guess you could say more early pro history. But I mean, because I mean, the fact is, is I mean, he was what you were just mentioned, one of the best fantasy quarterbacks that you could have drafted in the last three years because the guy can do on it with his legs and with his arm and he can show up in big games. I mean, the craziest thing is Deshaun Watson has won 28 games but has lost 25. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact he was with Houston and especially the team last year that went 4-12 and that pretty much disintegrated the franchise to pretty much nothing. And the reality, we're going to see Deshaun Watson, a guy that has pretty much one of the, one of the better up upscale ceilings of these NBA or of, of these NFL quarterbacks 
and the reality is we might not see him play. And if he is going to play, he's not going to be the three-time Pro Bowler that we see on paper. He's going to be a guy that's disgruntled and not happy with his franchise and might not give it all every game. And it's a shame that we have to see that. And, and I mean, in reality, like, I just don't, I don't know what the best situation is for him. I know Philadelphia has made offers to him as far as trying to get him, which kind of makes it a little bit, it, that thing, that situation is going to be a little confusing, I think, with Nick Sirianni and what he's doing, especially the comments he made about Jalen Hurts um, right. possibly not being the starting quarterback, even though he didn't say that. That's kind of what he was implying because I think that's garbage. I don't think I don't think that you make those comments, especially with Jalen going with Jalen and not drafting another quarterback. It it all doesn't. What Nick Sirianni's doing is not adding up with with what he's saying, and I think that's going to eat him up. I know Stephen A. Smith made a huge deal about this with the Philadelphia media, and you can check that on first take right. if you want to. But at the end of the day, does Deshaun Watson play somewhere else, or and where should he go? I think if he does, it's going to be after this season. I don't think no one's going to make a move for him right now. I just think with still everything going on, and like you made a good point, they went four and twelve last year. I'm giving them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, like going ten and six, potentially eleven and five. But um, I think the, the team I really kind of wanted to see Deshaun go to was actually the New York Jets. I feel like the Jets, he could have really changed that franchise around. Obviously, they drafted a quarterback, you know, in this year's uh, this past NFL draft back in April which they obviously did the right thing because uh, Sam Darnold shouldn't be in the NFL. If you want to hear my rants, check out past episodes. <laughs> but, uh, I think um, Deshaun, I think he should have went there. But I do think he's going to find a new home. And I will say this, since he just did draft a quarterback, I really believe if things go as they will, I think he's going to have a good season. The Texans are still going to be bad because the team around him is not good. And he could end up in Oakland and play for, well, Las Vegas now, and play for the Raiders. I really think... That would be an interesting fit with the weapons that they got. I think Derek Carr's not really that guy. And, I mean, they wear the same number, you know, number four. I just think Deshaun's a better number four, especially at this point. So his career, because Deshaun is only 25, so I think um, he's still marketable. I even wanted him to come to Detroit for a second, but uh, obviously that was never going to happen. But I do think he's going to play this season, to answer your question, Brandon, here. And I think he's going to end up in Las Vegas on the Raiders um, in 2022. Yeah, I think the reality of the deal is not done, I think kind of does seal that fact of that he's probably going to. But, I mean, hey, you never know. I mean, we do have the trade deadline, so there that is possible. But, uh, yeah, I think all both of those options that you laid out with uh, the Raiders and the Jets, I think, are legitimate options. One that was uh, crossing my mind, I think, especially was, uh, I think Denver would have been a great option for him. And I think yeah, with oh, that... Yeah. With that defense, as long as it got healthy, please, if that defense can get healthy at Vic Fangio, they can do some great things. But just getting everybody on the field is the hardest part. And that offense is really trending upward. I mean, they've got an, a lot of great pass catchers in these past couple of drafts. They got KJ Hamler, who's healthy this year, Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick was a, a little bit of an un, underrated flyer last year. He really picked it up. I know personally he came in clutch in one of my keeper leagues that I needed a couple um, injury uh, uh, pickups, <laughs> Antonio Brown. But, um, no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but the the reality was, like, that that team was trending upward. And, I mean, their offense has done great. I just, that it's just hard for them to succeed when they got some guys that just have some inaccuracies throwing the football, like Drew Locke. And I think that 
Drew Locke is, he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. I would put him probably about average, but the dude has a lot of arm strength, but he just had struggles with the accuracy. And he showed some spurts this year, which I think kind of kept, saved him a little bit from not being cut um, or traded this last year. But at the end of the day, I think Denver is also a good, um, a good spot, but I think that there's plenty to go around um, as far as options for Deshaun Watson. And we'll have to find out which, where he will go and eventually what this season or preseason will be like. But Travis, what are some teams that you have watching on your radar for this preseason here, finishing out the NFL? You know, um, that's a great question, Brandon. A few teams, actually, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Packers do. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers, obviously, he's committed just for this season. The expectations he's going to leave in two, 2022. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, with them bringing back Randall Cobb, I think was a great pickup. I think that's going to help them get over the edge and potentially make a Super Bowl run because Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb's connection is insane. As you know, in previous Maddens, I'm a huge Madden guy, so I think that is going to be fun to, um, to see. And I think um, just with the guys that they've drafted, I'm interested to see how better the defense is going to be with the Packers. You know, um, and offensively, too, with the running game. I think those are two big um, things for them to kind of push them over the edge because we know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do as a reigning league MVP. And also, most importantly, I really want to see what Jordan Love is going to do. With him probably going to get most of the snaps in these preseason games, I think Jordan Love has a chance to kind of show what the future is going to look like for the Packers because, obviously, even if Aaron Rodgers were to stay beyond the season, he's not staying another 10 years at most, maybe three to four. So uh, making sure Jordan Love is ready is key. And also, Brandon, I'm really excited to see the Tennessee Titans. This is a team who's had a potential. Obviously, they made the AFC Championship game in um, the 2019 season, but last year they obviously fell short to um, the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm interested to see um, see if Derrick Henry is going to get um, some snaps and see what Ryan Tannehill is going to do because they have a great defense. They, to me, still have the best running back in the league in Derrick Henry. What is Ryan Tannehill going to do? This is a team on the watch because you still got the Bills, you got the Ravens and the Chiefs, three of the top best teams in the entire AFC. And I'll say the Tennessee Titans are right up there with them. So what can the Tennessee do to kind of get over the edge? So that's another team. And my third team is the Cleveland Browns. I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I know he's not going to play that much in the preseason, but I love what I saw from him last year compared to the season that he had in 2019. 2020 season was amazing. Getting a playoff win for Cleveland, the first playoff win in a long time, you know, beating the Steelers pretty bad. I think Cleveland is a team you need to look out for. They almost beat the Chiefs, Brandon. They almost pulled off the upside. I know almost isn't a victory, but they competed and showed that they're going to be here for a while. I think Baker, I love his mentality. In his um, media interview about a week ago, he was saying, I don't care about Josh, Josh Allen's recent contract. That was actually worth $258 million. That's the most money that Brady has made through his first 21 seasons, which is insane, the salary cap these guys are getting. But he's saying, I don't even care about the contract extensions for these guys. I care about winning. And I think, you know, with Nick Chubb back and obviously Kareem Hunt going to get some snaps and Odell back, you know, obviously after having that ACL injury, the Browns are a team to watch for. This is a team to me that can win 12, 13 games. I really believe Baker Mayfield is the elite. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's going to take another jump. So those are the three teams. I have a mile watch for this season. Yeah, those are all great. I think those are all teams that you could certainly make an argument to watch out for. Uh, one that I certainly have circled on my radar um, is San Francisco. I think it is one team that I'm really going to be glued to watching to see how this team reacts because, I mean, every year it just seems like this team injuries. That's the only thing we can talk about because that just derails their potentials halfway through the year. And this de- that defense is elite when healthy. And I think people forget about that. 
And I mean, obviously you got the future of Trey Lance. How is that going to play out with Jimmy Garoppolo? If is, is there going to be a situation that Lance plays this year? I truly believe that there will be because we know Jimmy Garoppolo does not play 16 games in a season, which would be 17 this year very often. That makes it even a lower percent chance. So the fact we might see Trey Lance this year is certainly a good possibility. And that running back room is going to be loaded once again because they are bringing a lot of the same guys back. Moster is going to be probably leading the charge. And don't forget about Trey Sermon, who they just drafted recently in this past year's draft. So he's going to probably try to sneak up the boards. And then you obviously got all their receivers that you could go around with, um, with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and all those guys that are, are going to be competing for the top. And there's going to be obviously some guys that we've never heard of that are going to be catching passes from them next year because that's just the way Kyle Shanahan rolls. And then obviously you got the big man, George Kittle, that is going to be make that team interesting. And especially now with this NFC West getting even more tighter with the Cardinals making moves, the Rams obviously making a blockbuster trade for Stafford, and the Seahawks being the Seahawks. This division is going to be loaded once again, so that's going to be one team I'm going to watch. The Giants, I think, are going to be one team that I'm going to be kind of peeking in on. I don't, I'm not expecting them to like knock the socks off of all these other teams and blow everyone's minds, but I think realistically, a, a division title is within their grasp if they want it because Cowboys have been a little inconsistent. The Eagles, the Eagles are being the Eagles, and the Washington football team that will have their name changed next year. I'm excited to see what they change it to, but um. They, they've been working through some things offensively with Ryan Fitzpatrick now at quarterback, so there's a lot of room and possibilities for them. And with that passing attack, they got weapons going everywhere, and they have one guy they haven't even probably put on the field yet, Kadarius Toney, who I thought would have been one of the best sneaky receiver picks in this year's draft. So I think that's going to be interesting. And the final team, I guess, if we're going in trios here, um, it's going to be Kansas City. I know, boring, the best team, of course, whatever, or second best team, part of how you feel about it. But how this team has changed and reacted to the last year's Super Bowl loss t- makes it seem to me like they're they're hungry for revenge and they're not going to let anybody get in their way. Going back to that title game, not having two starting linemen lost them the Super Bowl. And I, I hate to put it on them, but... I, I don't really know what else you can put it around. Having Patrick Mahomes running wild for 60 minutes doesn't help you win the football game. And that's really the way that Tampa Bay got him out of his comfort zone a little bit, and he still almost made plays. But the fact is, getting Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, those guys to lock up the line, making changes defensively, getting in a bunch of new guys, and filling all those roles. And, of course, they're going to have weapons because they're the Chiefs. That just makes them even more exciting to watch as a team to be the champs potentially against the bucks but at the end of the day we'll find out because they're always be sleeper teams but before we move into nba don't forget to check out the fire pit on whatever podcast platform you are on for the fair state torch newspaper news politics entertainment uh, sports and more available on your favorite podcast app but moving into NBA, of course, with Travis here, we got to talk about Motown and Cade Cunningham and the Pistons starting off their summer league. Okay, it's 0-2, but it's the summer league, guys. Okay, record doesn't mean that much. But what have you liked seeing from this new Motor City Mayhem team, Mr. Travis? Brandon, thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> I love it. I'm, obviously, the basketball is my favorite sport, as everyone knows. And we had the number one pick. The first time since 1970, Kate Cunningham is going to be a special talent. I believe he's the guy who's going to change 
this franchise around. He's already changing the culture of Detroit, and he wanted to be here. He put on the buffs during the drafts. That's how I knew. I was like, this guy is a true Detroiter. I love everything about him. His highlights at Oklahoma State speak for himself. He's been playing very good to me in the summer league. A little bit slow shooting start, but the move he put on Jalen Green, the behind the back for the three the other days, amazing, amazing. On the number two draft pick in the you know NBA draft, I think Cade is going to be good. I love what we have around him. Sadiq Bey was amazing. Isaiah Stewart, and I believe Killian Hayes is going to have a better sophomore season than what he had uh, this past season. So I still love what we got. I'm not sold on Seiko. I don't think Seiko's very good as advertised, but we also got Jeremy Grant, who was an all-star, 24 points per game last season. So I believe in our team. No, with Cade being 19, I believe in about two years we will make the playoffs because I think Cade's that good. To be a 6'8 point guard that can shoot, be a playmaker, and play defense, that's exactly what we need. We haven't had a true guy that can take over games since Chauncey Bills. I know we have Blake Griffin, and he had that great 2018-2019 season, averaging 25 a game. But a, a guy who was literally one of the best in his position, that was Chauncey Bills. So I really believe Kate's going to take over. This entire draft was amazing, but I'm happy that I can say and go to sleep at night knowing the Pistons finally made a right draft pick. It was no Darko Milicic. It was not us drafting over um, – you know, passing by Kawhi Leonard, uh, Devin Booker, and all these other great players that we passed. We got the right guy. We got Kate Cunningham. We wanted to be here. And I was also at the Detroit Tigers game when they were playing. Uh, the Tigers, Kate was also at that game, too. Barstool, Detroit got that. So that was very cool. But I love what I'm seeing from them. Wins or losses in the summer league, like you said, Brandon, don't matter. I just want to see the growth and the progression. I think Kate's doing everything, acts of him. And he's putting up, you know, that basically that winner's mentality. When he got drafted that night, he went to the gym in his Detroit uniform and started taking shots. I love his mentality. He's trying to win and do everything he can to win. I believe him and Killian Hayes are going to coexist, one of them being the one and the other being the two. So I love what I'm saying. We already, with Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart, I think we have a group roster and the future is going to be amazing. Yeah, the future is bright. I'd agree with that. And just the fact that we get to see this built team with all these young guys potentially on the floor together makes me super excited. And I think there's a lot of people that, like, after the first couple games, especially the showdown with Jalen Green against Houston, I mean, obviously, after that scenario, we're prop- there were people like, well, was Jalen Green supposed to be the number one? And, I mean, you can make that argument right now. I don't think you can make that argument after the season Oklahoma State had. And especially what they did, I think that you could have surefire known that Cade was going to be number one wherever they go. And don't forget, Houston was also trying to make a trade at one point for Cade Cunningham. Just oh, yeah. throwing that out there. So don't throw the shade too much at Cade. But um, I will say this about Cade. I think like his leadership that we've seen already from day one has been fantastic. I know there's been some videos of him mic'd up on the bench and helping out teammates and He's been he's been he's turning into a true leader, which I'm I'm truly like excited about because I think that's we have all the young crew. We just don't have that guy leading the charge. And the fact Kate is already stepping in and kind of trying to be that guy definitely means a lot to the city. I think that there's one thing that I'm a little questionable about with Kate is like we're just talking about him being the leader. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the full hero. And I think that's what he's kind of trying to pull a little bit so far in the summer league because there's been times where um, he's been a little too aggressive um, would be the word that I would use for it just because 
he he wants to be that guy that bring us to the promised land but you don't have to do it by your you don't have to do it by yourself big fella you can give it up we got some guys that can help bring you there and i and i mean this like being being looking at the stat sheet being six of 17 like yeah that's great we're getting points but we also want to be fishing as well because that makes everybody else better and we got those guys you just mentioned travis isaiah Sadiq. we got all those guys and i mean we're gonna have more guys coming in so like later, like Kelly Olenek and Corey Joseph, of course, that are going to be in there as well. And we're going to have a lot of those pieces. And I think if we can build that camaraderie and strength like that 2004 team was like, that we're, of course, going to be trying to compare to because that's obviously the team we want to get there and become. And I think that's one thing that I've noticed so far. Obviously, it's just been two games. So obviously, we're going to see the things change by the time the regular season starts in three months from now. So I think this team is on the right path, though, and I'm really, really excited of what Troy Weaver has in store next. Yes, he's done an amazing job in getting changes, different moves he's done in free agency. is definitely going to help us get to where we want to be. I love Troy Weaver. I'm so happy we got this draft right. And I do think Cade has been taking on a little bit of super uh, hero role, but Cade, it's a lot of expectations. When you're number one draft pick, a lot of people expect you to come in it changed the whole dynamic of how you know the city was. So it is a lot of pressure on him, but it's also a lot of opportunity. Cates can't prove the doubters wrong for the people who think he can't do it, and the people who think he can just keep proving them right, speaking into existence like LeVar Ball does. So I think um, it's a great opportunity. Of course you had to bring so, up LeVar Ball. <laughs> yeah, I, I, love I saw him at Summer League the other day supporting <laughs> Leangelo with him getting another opportunity. So I thought that was cool. LeVar's an amazing father. Shout out to LeVar. But um, I think you know, with Cade, it's just a great opportunity. And now, you know, with um, the season going to start, obviously, you know, the fall, I'm very, very excited. I expect Cade to at least get over 15 points per game and just be a leader, you know, on and off the court. And set an example, even as a young guy, I think Jeremy Grant can kind of take him under his wing. You know, Jeremy Grant's not like a superstar in this league. He's still a very good player and has mm-hmm. been our best player for some time. So I'm very excited for Detroit and. I think it's a great time to be a Detroit sports fan. I know it's been a while since we used that expression, but it really is because a lot of rebuilding going on. You know, the Tigers are playing better. The um, Lions, obviously, are still in rebuilding. The Rebels are getting better. And the Pistons, we got the number one draft pick, and we got the guy everybody wanted. So I'm very excited for Cade. I love the fact that he has an outside shot. He can create his own shot and catch and shoot. So Cade, I, I think, has a uh, total package. He's going to be a great player. He kind of reminds me of a 6'8 Curry. Not as good as a shot as Curry but can create and um, get to the basket too. Yeah, I think that the full package is one of the big reasons why he was the number one, one number one pick for sure. I think Jalen Green has the offensive, like the off the offensive potential is pretty much. I don't even I can't even describe the level because I mean his athleticism, his ability to shoot, his ability to fill the lane and run the offense. I think is definitely overtaken. But I think Cade definitely brings that element of he can do all those things, but he can also do it on the defensive end as well because he has that ability to get steals, use great anticipation. Maybe not as great as Davion Mitchell, but still good enough to really lead this team. Um, but I think it, it'll be really interesting to see how he he kind of develops into his number one role, basically how the season goes on, and seeing if he can maybe turn it up and really light up the stat column. Um, that we've seen a lot of great point guards do in past for teams that necessarily haven't been um, star-studded powerhouses um, that um, 
in, in a while, I should say, as far as these kind of super team era that we're kind of in now, um, seeing some of those other teams that are a little bit lower down and they, they found one guy that can light it up and that can really take them far. And Cade could be that guy. And one of those guys that actually was that guy eventually was Isaiah Thomas back in 2017 with the Boston Celtics. If you remember that, Travis, 28 points per game on his run leading um, Boston to the playoffs. He was a stud. And the fact is, yeah, he was he was fantastic. And the fact that we'd be sitting here four or five years later and he's not with a team, absolutely crazy. And there's reports going around that the Lakers are interested in re-signing him, especially after he lit up just a casual 81 points in a Drew League game. With the um with the J crossover um summer co- um collab league, is it time that Isaiah Thomas gets uniform back on in the NBA? Yes, man. I, Isaiah's been working his butt off. Um, his video almost made me cry. Um, after he got eighty one points, he's kind of explaining how they gave up on him. The NBA. I mean, Isaiah was on his way. He was fourth. This is the guy who was fourth in MVP voting twenty seventeen. Averaged twenty eight points per game and was all star. The best year of his career. Sadly, um, his sister had that tragic accident when she passed away. Then he had the 53-point game, and Danny Ainge kind of lets him go. So we know there's no loyalty in this business with the NBA, but Isaiah deserves a chance. This man is one of the best little guys I've ever seen. He's only 5'9". So I think if he can get an opportunity where he can win, I think he's going to make the most of it. And um, obviously that trade hurt him. Boston also had interest in bringing him back. I just don't think Isaiah will go back to Boston and just how everything went down. But... um. He's a guy with all the heart in the world. I love his passion for the game. I think Isaiah's passion and dedication allows him to consistency. You know, he can uh, go out there and have a casual, like you said, 81 points in the Drew League and to get him back like in the groove with things. So I think Isaiah, he still has it because four years ago when he averaged 28 points was only four years ago. That's not that long ago. I think um, he's healthy. I think um, he's gotten his rest. And with this time off the NBA, he's got a chance to really take care of his body. As you know, he had that bad hip. Um, in his last season in the NBA. So I think this opportunity for him to kind of come back, show him I'm not still Isaiah Thomas. I'm not the Detroit Isaiah Thomas, but I'm still my own Isaiah Thomas my own way. So I think it's a, a great opportunity. And I really hope the best for Isaiah Thomas because um, he's a great guy, great family man too off the court. He deserves this opportunity. Someone who works that hard to keep their body healthy. And at that height, you know, he deserves all the opportunity in the world because he made it, you know, to the NBA you know, the average height of these guys are like six, six or taller. So I really think um, Isaiah is going to be uh, back in the NBA sooner than we think. Yeah, I think that with this new kind of, this new wave a little bit of some guys coming back, I mean, especially like Carmelo with Portland, kind of seeing a little fountain of youth with some of these prime guys that we've seen flourish in their their best years with some of their franchises. And I mean, just the fact like, Isaiah was just kind of the way it ended. It was just too fast, it felt like. It was just kind of there and gone. It was almost like a Jeremy Lin timeline where it was just a one or two years, and then boom, it just started spiraling down, and where where we heard from him again. And it's just kind of crazy, and I think the comeback story will make this super awesome, and I know like we we've seen him with the Lakers before, but I don't think that team was the same team. I mean, really... That him with that team was years before LeBron came back. It was for years after Kobe had retired. That team wasn't really going anywhere. And the fact that he's now coming back, 
with a uh, ability to play not necessarily he doesn't have to have that huge production um like he doesn't have to worry about going out there and scoring 30 a night he doesn't have to do that he just has to be the guy that can bring them off the bench bring that veteran aspect with all the guys around him get that chemistry and really provide a spark off the bench because the the Lakers have their starting lineup figured out Westbrook LeBron AD Wayne Ellington and then you can insert whichever guy you want to also put in there um, to pretty much kind of weigh down as far as you want to go you want to go small or tall you can insert anybody from in that spot and I mean after that now you're talking about bringing in Isaiah Thomas and well, I mean possibly with Carmelo if he's not in the starting lineup those two together I mean that can be a really cool experiment and the biggest thing I have with it is if it doesn't work what what goes wrong like there's no there's no real risk here with bringing Isaiah Thomas back and obviously the Lakers know if he's going to be good enough and if they bring him in and he's good enough they're going to sign him because obviously that's what they've been doing with this team is they believe that they can they can bypass the age number and they can build this team with who they have and who they want to get and if that's if that's going to be a team that's average age is above 35 hey if that wins a championship we're not going to be talking about age necessarily as a category and that it wouldn't work because obviously it would and maybe some other teams are going to say you know what like we can still do it with some of these older guys and that might change the game a little bit too so I think if Isaiah is motivated he can provide the sparks that we've seen so far from him this summer I mean he can definitely make a huge impact for this Lakers team. And even though if it doesn't end in necessarily what he's predicting, I think it's still going to be a fun experience to play with all these guys because that could be one of a, it could be a one in a lifetime team, especially if they run the table and go all the way. Oh yeah. You know, this team has four future all famers. You got Russell Westbrook, all time leader in triple doubles. LeBron to me, still the second greatest player of all time behind Michael Jordan. Carmelo's had the best Olympic career in the history of Olympians, you know, winning gold medals for U.S., and he's just one of the most pure scorers in the history of the NBA Hall of Famer. And Dwight Howard has three Defensive Player of the Year awards, and Orlando also won a championship, you know, in um, 2020 with the Lakers. So I think it's going to be interesting. I do think the Lakers' downfall will be Russell Westbrook. I, I love his aggression, but I think that's also going to be his downfall too because he's a ball-dominant point guard. His usage rate has been – you know, four of the top five in the last, you know, obviously few years. So I think, you know, I don't know how he's going to, you know, deintrate, you know, um, basically kind of, you know, coexist with him and LeBron. I think that's going to be interesting to see. But uh, I do think back to Isaiah Thomas' point, if he can, that could be another guy to give LeBron and AD nights off. So I think that's one of the main reasons why they got Russ and Carmelo to kind of give like LeBron and AD. Because there was a lot of injuries this past 72 game season. So I think going into this year, these guys are going to be healthy. But it's going to be fun to watch. So I think that Laker team, especially if they get Isaiah, that's going to be a great team. They can definitely use them off the bench. I do think one of the main reasons why they can use Isaiah is for shooting. I feel like they lost a lot of their shooting by giving away KCP, you know, Kuzma and stuff like that. You know, Alex Caruso, things of that nature. And Dennis Schroeder fumbling the bag. You decline a four-year, $84 million deal from the Lakers, but accept a one-year, $5.9 million deal from the Celtics? What? That was a big, know, big oof. I don't know who his agent is, but he needs to be fired. That was just <laughs> a terrible, terrible business. The people you have in your corner, you need to let them go because they are obviously yachting you in the wrong direction. 
But um, but I'm very excited for Isaiah. And I, I think there was a few you know big splashes that we had in free agency. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan going to Chicago and Kyle Lowry going to Miami. I thought those were two interesting moves that made the East um, even better. Now Kevin Durant resigning in uh, new, uh, with the Brooklyn Nets and James Harden and Kyrie going to resign. I think it's going to be um, interesting. The East is going to be very, very competitive, so I'm very excited for it. Yeah, and like some of those teams that you just mentioned are going to be teams to watch moving forward. And I think that with, um, I mean, Brooklyn, we're obviously going to be paying attention to because they're considered the title favorites at the moment, the Lakers being pretty much close second, which is kind of crazy because Milwaukee Bucks won last year. Shouldn't they be the favorite? I mean, I don't know, but... But just, just that's just how the allure of how the media takes it, especially with these superstar-studded teams. It's hard to put the Bucks over some of those two teams with the firepower. But at the end of the day, like we're, it's gonna, it's it never ends up like it does. It should on paper, and it probably won't be the same this year as well. So, um, I mean, the the reality is there's gonna be a lot of teams that are going to be gonna be trying to really change up. How, how they're going about, and I think one team that we can definitely keep our eye on is maybe more or less um, team as much as player is Philadelphia and Ben Simmons in that situation. And I'm not saying that Philly's going to be Eastern Conference Finals playoff bound. They certainly have the talent to do so. But with the Ben Simmons situation, like I don't see, as, I don't see where they really need to make an entire move and dish him away when in reality they have the ability to kind of corral him in and just give him a jump shot because like that's really all he's missing and the fact is a lot of these teams that's the only reason they're not taking him so I guess I just don't know why like if you have the potential for him he has the chemistry already like why you dump them there already? I mean, I understand the memes. Like, don't worry. I see them on my timeline every week. I know he can't shoot the basketball. But the reality, like, the fact that they're kind of dumping him off to and trying to get get rid of him to another team kind of just makes me seem like that there's might be something wrong, like, farther than that. Because we have good shooting coaches. I mean, shoot. Give him the lethal shooter from Instagram and let him try to develop Ben Simmons. I mean, that would be an awesome collaboration. But I just don't know exactly what they need to do because, I mean, the, the load that they're asking for Ben Simmons is absolutely ridiculous and nobody should ever even think about taking that. And I, I just don't know what they're trying to do as far as, like, they just seems so indecisive that they're just like, yeah, let's just try to get a good haul and get rid of him and let's try to rebuild around it because I mean Ben Simmons is a good player that has a lot of potential but it just I don't know if it's him not willing to learn those fundamentals or the coaches are just not willing to teach him I don't know what that situation is and it just makes it seem even more like it just looks even more murky the fact that now they're trying to trade him away and I just really don't know what that's going to entail because there's going to be teams like Boston that or all, some of these other teams that are rebranding their teams around dominant shooters that might make Philadelphia look a little bit less intimidating now because they're going to have a great defensive side of the basketball, but offensively, it's starting to get a little less strong. And I think that's going to have to be changed if they really want to be a legitimate title contender. And, Brandon, you hit all the right points. He's going to have to be modest. There is very bad. Ben Simmons... You need, I mean this with all the respect in the world, even though it's going to come out wrong. 
And Ben Simmons was my height. He would literally be a manager at McDonald's. And no disrespect to anyone who works at McDonald's. But Ben Simmons is just so bad at basketball. He's literally just tall and can dunk, and that's it. Like, how can you not shoot? You get paid to play basketball for two and a half hours a day, and you can't hit a three? Especially in this modern era of NBA where you got guys like Steph and Clay who change the game of basketball. They inspired guys like Trey Young and other guys to, you know, just work on shooting and beat you by threes. So, Vince, I just don't understand how he's just such an offensive liability. During the playoff series against the Hawks, he literally averaged under seven points a game. I just do not understand it. You know, Ben needs to work on a jump shot or at least get a mid-range if you don't want a three. Something to make you, to make one, people want to guard you, and two, develop confidence in yourself that I can't hit the shots. Ben Simmons, right now, it's all bad. He cut off communication with the Sixers, but he is open to joining the Golden State Warriors. I don't really like that move because I like Draymond and Stephen Clay because Draymond sets him up perfect. And Ben, ben Simmons, just he's just literally there for passing and, I guess, on-ball defense. Yeah, I also was going to bring that up. That is not a good – I don't think that's a good move for Golden State either because, like, they have all – I think that with the draft that they had and the guys they brought in, there's no reason that they need Ben Simmons because, I mean, Steph can distribute, Clay can distribute, Draymond Green, I think, is the guy that you can truly have more confidence in playing the point and, frankly – Shooting the basketball, oh my gosh, I just said that. I can't believe it. But Draymond, I, you might have more confidence in Draymond than Ben Simmons. I mean, it's gotten to that point. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, it, that's rough. But the, I think that there's really not that, I don't think there's this great potential there for him. I think that he, it, it just be a shell of what he is because I know he's going to have to get rid of production. And I don't know if he really wants that. But I mean, if he wants to revitalize a team like Sacramento, I mean, he can go all for it. But, I mean, they got enough point guards right there in that backcourt to go around. I know they're the only, like, one of the only other teams that have offered him anything. But I, it's just a rough road for, for Ben Simmons. But there's going to be a lot of teams that I'm sure we're going to be watching out for to see what they do and what that will change. Because there's going to be teams that are going to still offer for Ben Simmons. And when that offer changes, we're going to see teams change a lot. But... Uh, before Major League Baseball, of course, go check out the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. If not already, if you found us on Spotify or Apple and you're listening to the show right now, thank you. And don't forget to hit the follow button to make sure you don't miss out on any episodes going forward, especially when school starts, because you're not going to want to miss that content because it is going to be fire. Fire emoji inserted yes, here. Well, I'll be, and Brandon, before I let you continue, well, I'll be back in the studio. It is a blessing how things work out. Uh, I'm very excited to be back in the studio, you know, with you, Joanna, Bear. I think it's going to be very fun, and it's just going to be like old times, you know, with our snake drafts and things of that nature. Absolutely, and don't forget, if you haven't followed Mike's and Takes and MVSP on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever social media platform you're on, please do so, because you're not going to want to miss up on some of the major announcements coming down very soon, and if you like fantasy football, yeah, you might want to turn your notifications on. That's all I'm going to say about that. But make sure you're following so you don't miss out. But in MLB, we go to finish out the show here with our call to your shot, of course. Field of Dreams is reality. I think this is absolutely awesome. We're seeing our first game tonight from the Iowa Cornfields, and it looks awesome. They brought Kevin Costner there, who played the role of um, Ray in the movie. I think that was absolutely phenomenal, and it looks awesome. I think it's really cool. I know there's some fans that are, of course, complaining about the teams that are playing. But yeah, we get it. That's the old-fashioned teams, and that's the way it's been. 
but super fun and i think this is a really cool idea and i think it should be going i think they should keep it going going forward it's been one game but i'm on the train i'm jumping on the bandwagon of field dreams being an annual thing what do you think travis Brandon, I got a thousand percent agree with you, and I love the fact it was the Yankees and White Sox. So I have to give a shout out to my boy DJ LeMayhew, who's our um, donor for the Royal Oak Leprechauns, and was a part of um, our second ever video on the YouTube channel that we shot earlier back in um, I believe it was April, or not I mean in May. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out to DJ LeMayhew, and he got a base hit tonight. Um, no, I think the Field of Dreams thing. I think it's great for baseball and to get fans more excited, more energetic. With different, you know, with the world opening back up with the pandemic slowing down with more people vaccinated, there's an opportunity to try different things to bring a bigger fan base. So I think the Field of Dreams and bringing Kevin Costner, like you're saying, is a tremendous idea. So I think this was great. And to have uh, two of the most storied franchises in baseball, you know, I think it's, I think it's a very cool thing. And, um, you know, I think it's very exciting to watch. Obviously, I wish our uh, Tigers could be in it. But um, I, I just think that was very cool. And also, shout out to Miguel Cabrera. 499. He's one away from 500 career home runs. True legend. I really hope he gets 500 at home. I just have to point that out. Oh, I absolutely agree. We can transition to the Tigers right now because I want to say this. Miguel Cabrera, if you're listening right now, I doubt he is. but And he doesn't know who I am. But that's not the point. Save your 500th home run until Saturday night's game because I'm going on Saturday, and I wanna. I went into left field to get bleacher tickets, and I'm gonna try to catch that 500 foot or 500th home run. I'm gonna try, and I hope it is 500 feet if it goes out of the stadium, because that'd be even more awesome. But the fact is, I think it's super great for Detroit, and we've been overperforming. I guess I is the word that comes to mind. I don't want to say it like that, like we're supposed to be bad, but that's what everybody said. And we're still playing good baseball. And we are only four games off of 500, folks. Four oh, oh, oh. games! Oh, we're second in the division! We, we just won today, six to four, so now we're only three. Oh, is that is that updated, too? I don't know if that... Yeah, oh, yeah, man, I've already lost won. count. But <laughs> Oh, no, you're fine. Miguel didn't play today, but we did win six to four, so now we're only three games under 500. So I, I Brandon, I'm so happy. We beat the Orioles earlier today, six to four. You know, it's just I love us proving everybody wrong. I love what Casey Mize is doing, Jonathan Scope, Miguel Cabrera. You know, I can't wait for Spencer Torkelson to come back and play with us um, next year. You know, Bad Dew has been my favorite guy the entire season. He is an animal. Bad Dew, you are amazing. I love you. Even though you're not listening to us, I love you. But um, So I love the potential we have. And like you said, we were supposed to be that. I went to a game. We won 14 to nothing over the Texas Rangers. That's a football score. That's two touchdowns. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think you know, the, the growth um, has been amazing. This is a team that was, eight, I believe, 8 and 30. We were about oh, we were about 15 games under 500. I know that for certain. You know, now we're about three or four games, you know, close to uh, getting, you know, over the hump of over 500. So, I love what they're doing. And Miguel Cabrera, please get your 500th home run on Saturday night so my boy Brandon can get the ball. I'm, I'll be waiting for it. I'm gonna. I will lay out on the bleacher seats if that's what it takes. Cause I. I mean, I've been a Cabrera fan. I don't. I can't even remember how long. I mean, I have his. I have my his poster on the wall that you guys can't see on on my backdrop. But I wish I could show it to you. But no, it's been super great. And I mean, this Tigers team has looked so much. And I think a lot of people are wondering like, why does this team look or how is this team so different? Because I mean, we've lost some a lot of more big name guys and. It's just been a lot of younger guys, and really what's been the difference? And I think it is A.J. Hinch. And I don't think necessarily, like, 
yeah, just bringing AJ Hinch changed it. It's how it's how this team has changed around with AJ Hinch. The guys that he's brought up, the guys that he's brought in, like this team is more aggressive, and that's what I love about it. They're not they're not laying up. They're not trying to play the numbers as much. They're trying to take the opportunity, and they're gonna try to absolutely grasp it, hold on to it, and hold it with them every chance they can. And I mean, the the reality is like this. Our strike up, our strikeout numbers have went up. Okay, but so has our stolen base, our batting average, our runs batted in, and our runs scored. Everything's went up, and that's because we're being more aggressive. We're being smarter, but not fully to the smart of where we're taking our guys out of position to really kind of play baseball. It kind of seemed like it was that way, like the last couple of years with Ron Gardenhire. Is it? We get ourselves in a spot, but we were just like, oh my gosh, we have to save everything that we can. So that'd be the difference between, like, here's here's kind of the situation that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head that I can use as an example. If we get a guy on first with one out, it's more or less, it seemed like, last couple of years where we have guys that we're, we know can hit, but not necessarily as confident in. We would keep them on first and just hope that we get an extra base hit to put us in position. Where this year, it's like we got a lot of guys that we have confidence in on the base pads and that we know if we can keep building that momentum, that it's going to keep rolling. And that's when we see games where it's 14 nothing because we just have that momentum where we have a guy stealing now from, from first to second with one out, not a care in the world, and then we get a base hit and score the run, and that just brings the whole momentum back. And that's been a lot of the parts of the season because there's been games where... We look on paper, yeah, we're not we're not as as talented as the other teams, but we get it done playing smarter baseball, and that's been a really cool thing to see. And I mean, the guys that we have coming up, this system is starting to get built, and I think we're starting to get a little bit of what we are picturing in our minds as far as building the base around with this team. And now we got the young firepower with Green and Torque coming up the rear, and it's going to make this team explosive in a year or two. That could be they could, that could be competing up there. This is a team to watch out, I think, legit for sure. They might be the homer in me talking as a Detroit fan, but come on, man. You can't, you can't just bypass oh, wow. that there's something special going on here. I definitely um, agree. I'm so excited for the future, and uh, what a time to be a Detroit sports fan, you know, um, that was great. You're going to the game on Saturday. I went to the game about two weeks ago with some friends um, from my other job, my country club job. I think it's uh, amazing. Um, I'm so, so excited to see what we do in the future. I hope we keep winning. You know, second place in the division, who knows? We could possibly get a wild card spot. I'm not saying, you know, that's out of reach. So I just love what they're doing. I hope they keep winning. I hope, Mickey, please get 500 for our Detroit fans. We haven't seen you hit like this since a triple crowd. Like, it's been so long. So um, I'm very happy he's healthy. You know, what a time. What a time right now. You know, with Cade, number one pick, and the Tigers turning a new leaf. You know, so I think this is amazing. And Brandon, I really um, enjoyed the show today. feels great to be back. Yeah, it's been awesome. And we can move right now into our very last subject, our debate of the day. And it's a doozy. And Travis, the question I have for you is, which sport does not get enough media attention right now? in our society what would be your pick for sport that does not get enough media attention an amazing amazing question he threw a curveball at me i was not expecting that i'm gonna say the sport that does not get enough media attention is soccer i think soccer is a very underrated 
a lot of people don't know, but the World Cup is actually up there with the Super Bowl is the most watched sporting event in the entire world. So that means it's literally 1A or 1B, you know, whichever one you want to choose between that and Super Bowl. I think soccer is very underrated. You know, when you got guys like Lionel Messi, even though he's not with FC, you know, Barcelona anymore, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, and a lot of other great, you know, soccer players, a lot, they aren't talked about as a lot. And, you know, the thing is they have one of the highest salary caps in their sport. So these guys do make a lot of money. So, um, I think it's interesting how they fly under the radar. And the reason I pick soccer, I feel like it's one of the hardest sports to play. You're always running, and you're running. It's so hard to get a goal. So um, I respect a lot of respect to those guys and females that play soccer as well. You know, um, I think that's a sport that flies under the radar. It doesn't get talked about as much, even though it's one of the most viewed sports at the same time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That's definitely one I would put up there. Um, I'm going to keep the theme of what, you were just mentioning, um, not not surprised whatsoever. My pick is going to be track and field, and that's ca- call me biased, call me a homer, whatever. I'll take it. I almost wore my run twenty four seven shirt just for this moment of the podcast right here. But at the end of the day, track and field is an awesome sport, and we've gotten to grow and see how awesome it's been with the Olympics. And I want we want I think people want to see that more often. We want to see world records getting broke. We want to see these our countrymen and women doing so well at the national level. And it's just been kind of, it's kind of been sad that we have to like try to tune into YouTube TV to watch some of these international um, national competitions. And it'd be so nice to get more of them on TV because like all these, these fantastic races, whether it's the 400, the 5k, the hundred meter dash, the 400 hurdles, the steeplechase, of course, one of my personal favorites, like, I would love to see more of these more often. Even the field events too, long jump, high jump, shot put, all of these all these events, I think people are super enthusiastic to watch. And it's just a shame that they have to wait every four years to truly see it on a national scale. So that's something that I wish would get more media attention personally because we need more people to watch track and field because it is a glorious sport. Everybody can do it and everybody can be great at it with a team or individually. Right, definitely. And, Brandon, you have to, uh, you know, I, I see a little bit by on this point. I think that's amazing to choose track and field. That is a very hard sport to be in, and um, that's amazing that you are a part of it. You know, that's that's not a bad choice, too. I also like the fact we chose track, you know, and soccer. We didn't choose some of the obvious. Some people might have said, oh, we could have chose hockey, baseball, basketball, football, any of the, the main sports, I guess, per se. But, you know, we kind of chose, like, the underdogs, so I kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to my shout out to my dogs that I represent with Ferris and I'm super I'm super excited that we got our season coming. But don't forget, guys, make sure that you tune in right now and you can subscribe to the podcast because we will be bringing you all the Ferris sports news and updates and we will be having previews rolling around. I think we got one more show in us, guys. Hopefully we can get Travis and Joe back together, but we're going to do a full Ferris sports preview for you guys because we got a lot to unpack. But we hope you enjoyed all of this professional sports talk for sure with the shot callers. And we appreciate your view. And don't forget, as always, whatever platform you are on right now, whether it's a podcast or a video platform, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow, and make sure that you have notifications set on because you're not going to want to miss out on the content. Because I know for a fact we're going to have some epic guests on the show, incredible collabs, and... It's only August. We're going to be getting even better, and I'm super excited for it. But, Travis, thank you so much for joining us today, man, and we appreciate you hopping on the show. 
Oh, you're welcome. And I definitely, absolutely, like we talked before the show, Brandon, plan to do more work with you. And uh, two weeks, can't wait to be back in person with you to do the shows back in the studio. It's going to be a great, Ferris has been our second home, so it's going to be an amazing time. Thank you. Yeah, we can't wait. We we can't wait to get back, guys. We're getting so excited. I already know I got show plans already starting to be made up and all these cool things lined up that we want for you guys. And make sure that you leave us a like if you like this video or this podcast. Make sure you let us know and give us a review. And we we just we just appreciate you guys. And we want you guys to be involved with us because we want to know what you guys want to hear and see so make sure that you do those things but thank you guys for tuning in and until next time we will see you later <laughs>